Welcome to DBPA, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Hello, DB peeps, and welcome to our episode called Gifting Purple Gold. My we- favorite gift. <laughs> favorite gift. It feels like the gift that keeps on giving, but it doesn't because it's only giving as long as the bottle is not empty. That's true. But then you have the memories afterwards. It's and the experience. Afterwards. Yes. So we're going to be talking about giving the gift of wine. Um, it's holiday season. A lot of people are starting to think about what kind of gifts, especially if you're like me, like you have not actually given much thought to what to give anybody this year up until this point. Mm-hmm. And so today we are actually going to be drinking, well, Sarah is going to be popping and drinking the Buena Vista, Chateau Buena Vista, Napa Valley Cabernet Sauvignon. And it's a 2016, so it is a little aged, a little bit. Um, yeah, so I'm going to get this open. And the reason we chose this wine is because Jamie gifted this wine to me when she was in Napa because she's a huge Buena Vista fan. I am. Aren't you a member? True. Yeah, well, I haven't purchased wine from them for a while because I went a little overboard and purchased a couple cases. <laughs> ah. I have not gotten anything recent from them, but they are like one of my favorites because they have a huge selection. They have your standard Cabernet Sauvignon, like other grapes like that, but they also have like more obscure grapes. Like if you want to go off the beaten path, you could get like they have a bunch of Pinot Noirs. That's a little more specialized. Um mm-hmm levels of Pinot. Um, but they also have like Roussin and Marsan oh. white wines. I like those. Uh, yeah. And they have like Valdiguet, which is a wine that it's a red, red grape. And I tried it from them and oh my goodness, you guys, that is just like, that is a gift in and of itself. It's so good. Anyways, we thought we'd pop open this Buena Vista. Oh, is that magical? It smells good. Let's cheers. Oh, cheers. Cheers to the holidays. That's good. It's an interesting cheers. Okay. <laughs> Deep in the bowl of the glass. Deep in the bowl. Okay. So, ooh, it smells really good. Tell me. Describe it's it like, to me. <sighs> chocolate cherry. Just how a good Napa cab, how you want it to smell. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, just can't wait to try it, but I'm trying to let it like aerate a little bit here. Breathe a little bit? Yeah. Color wise, like it looks extremely dark. It is. Deep. It's super dark. It does have like a garnet color around the rim, oh, but okay. it's it's really dark. Um, but yeah, I'm getting like maybe even some no- coffee notes on the nose. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna taste it, and I then I'll it. taste it again after it like swirls up. Yeah. So although Sarah's the only one drinking it, I actually do have a bottle of this myself. And just so our listeners know, like this is just a monstrosity of a bottle. It is it's like, so heavy. It is a heavy weight for sure. I mean, it's, it's probably like twice the weight of a normal wine bottle. So it feels significant. I feel room. like it's the weight of a small child. <laughs> mm, I don't know. A small child might weigh a little bit more, but I don't know. That's pretty heavy. But yeah, so this is, uh, it's going to be, I think it's going to be. Oh, it's so good. 
So I, it, you're it like is smacking really your lips a little bit. And I'm like, I yeah. want the tannin. I want to taste the tannin. Really yeah. It, so there is tannin for sure, but it's not overpowering at all. It's like, this is, again, this is like what I would expect a good nap at a cab to be like. Mm-hmm. Like you got the fruit, it's smooth. You have tannin. It's like well-balanced. It's got that power. No, you're powerful. not eating anything with it. Mm-hmm. Does mm-hmm. it. Is this like a, is this like a cab? Because cab can be sometimes a little heavy. Oh, I would drink this on its own. Yeah. Okay. It's a good sign. Yeah. Maybe a little black currant. Okay. I'll check out the rest when it kind of breathes a little bit here. Sounds but good. Even without an aerator, it's doing pretty well so far. It's pretty good. It's pretty yeah. Good. So I think this usually goes for $40, but I know Jamie, you and I both got this from the same place on sale. Yeah. Um, so definitely, I think it was like 25. Oh, was it that low? Yeah, it was pretty low. So it was a steal for sure. I, um, I do. I do remember that it was, I was like perusing the shelves and I was like, wait a second, Chateau Buena Vista. I was like, yeah. um, excuse me. I think I need this. Yeah. It's definitely, would you say, I mean, well, let's get, we'll get to that later. I'll ask I will say that, that I probably later. knowing what it tastes like now, I probably would have bought two, at least two bottles. But you, you know, think that you would have paid the $40. I mean, considering it's a Napa cab. I would. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. No, I would. But like, I mean, given knowing how much I got it for now, yeah. thinking back, I would have bought more than one bottle. But, you know, sometimes when you see stuff on sale like that, you're like, was it a bad vintage? 100%. Why I is that this all the time? Yeah. Why is this on sale like it is? But, you know, Sometimes there's just good deals as I, know. I get, you know, sometimes they just need shelf thing. space. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to share a little bit about Buena Vista and another reason why I think it's very cool. Can I share yeah. a history about this? Please, guy? please do. Cause I know it's one of your favorite wineries in Napa. Yeah. And I think it's, it's so beautiful. And actually I'm going to tell you this, it's technically in Sonoma, but they do have vineyards in Napa. Oh, this well. is true. You're mm-hmm. right. Yes. So, and this was sort of like one of those wineries, uh, when I first went on my trip with my mom a couple years ago, we didn't make actual plans to come here. We just kind of like left the last day that we were in town up for grabs and we would just kind of float around and see where we wanted to go. So this, we just kind of stumbled upon because of the history of it and thought, Hey, why not? So, um, we went into Buena Vista, which is like a little castle like, and if you guys, I'm just going to, I'll plug it right now. Go follow them on Instagram because there's this guy who dresses up like the count and like walks around and he's so cute and clever and I love it. Yeah. Um, they do, they do really great marketing um, and really great, uh, I think, connection with the Instagram followers and things like that. But so Buena Vista is actually touted as the oldest of California's premium wineries. It was founded in 1857 by Augustin Harazdi. Okay. And he became known as the Count of Buena Vista. I love that. Yeah. The Count, right? It's so cool. Yeah. So he has been revered for his innovative wine growing techniques and continued improvement to the quality of grapes. But there are a few things that, you know, I think are really kind of outstanding about this guy in general that I definitely want to share. Okay. So I mentioned he's Hungarian. He uh, immigrated to the U.S., found his way towards the purple gold. But interestingly enough, he did not initially go to California. Okay, so where did he go? He came to Wisconsin. 
Watson, if you can believe Is it. this the connection I think you're going to say? Yeah, this is okay. a Wol- Wolersheim Winery. Okay. Uh, which is like, what is, is it like three hours from us? In is it? I didn't even think it was that far. It might not be. I could okay. be inflating that, but I know it's not like as close as I want it to be. <laughs> Have you been there? No, not yet. Same. Yeah. That's a DBP field trip that needs it, to happen. It's a DBP, a DBP post, field trip that will happen post-babe. Post-babe. Hopefully post-babe. COVID will have calmed down by then too. And things will I mean, be I'm just going to say that alcohol is just going to kill all the shit around there, right? Uh, <laughs> germs? What germs? Exactly. Just yourself in wine. You're fine. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> says no doctor ever. But anyway. <laughs> um, so I found the cure. I found it. Just bathe in wine. Yeah. I mean, so uh, so anyway, Augustine or the Count, rather, he actually came from a long line of grape growers and vineyard owners in Hungary. So this was not like new to him. Like when he decided to come to Wisconsin, he wanted to carry forward, but I think really wanted to focus on uh, bringing some of the old world techniques into the new world. And so again, he traveled to America found himself in Wisconsin, and then came to the realization, although I can't quite remember how long he was here, came to the realization that Wisconsin climate is kind of funky. So you can't grow the best grapes here? What'd you say? That you can't grow the best grapes here? You can't grow traditional grapes here. Oh, okay. Um, Okay. So like when you get to these like weirder climates, especially in the States, we have uh-huh. um, different, different types of grapes. And I, I'll get to that too a little bit, but basically they're not Vitis vinifera, which is what like Cabernet Sauvignon is and Chardonnay and those types of, you know, t- typical varietals. Uh, we have things here in the States that are made from Vitis labrusca and um, Vitis ripara. And I'm blanking on the third most common one, but though they tend to be hardier grapes and they withstand weirder, colder climates, but they have different tastes and aromas. And some people like them a lot and some people don't. But the interesting thing about that is that um, you can find like their rootstock all throughout the, the world because of something. Phylloxera. Because of phylloxera, yes. Yeah. Anyway, so our friend, the Count, then sought warmer weather and went out west to Sonoma Valley. Smart Count. Smart Count. He was definitely a smart man and very innovative. Now, when he founded the winery, the board of directors, they kicked him out pretty quickly because, unfortunately, what happened, the vines started to die, like, a lot. And the board of directors was like, the count, you must be crazy. You don't know what you're doing. Get the heck out of here. Like, you're obviously not doing anything good for this winery. Like, peace out. Bye. The actual culprit was Phylloxera. Mm -hmm. And they didn't realize it. So they kicked him out. And shortly after that, Buena Vista began grafting or replacing their vines with Phylloxera-resistant vines, which are those Vitis Labrusca, Vitis Repara, and God bless America. I really wish I could remember that third one. But there was that evolution. So phylloxera is not something that is impacting the vineyards any longer. Um, so we don't have to worry about that. But essentially, the count kind of moved on, and he found his way into Central America. And so the story goes, and this all comes back to wines that these guys offer, but the story goes 
he went down to Nicaragua and he met his fate. Mm. He was eaten by a crocodile. <laughs> Are you serious? That's what they say. Now they nobody witnessed it, but they the evidence that they were able to find, and I don't quite know what that evidence is, but the evidence they were able to find essentially suggested that that is in fact what happened to the count, unfortunately. Wow. Yeah. So if you go to Buena Vista, if you go online or you go into their tasting room or anything, there's a wine called uh, the Count's Revenge. And on this bottle is this beautiful like gold plated crocodile that has like emerald and ruby colored uh, gems adorning it. And it's, I had some while I was out there and it's, it's fucking phenomenal, but it's also fucking expensive, like $150, I think for a bottle. So anyway, um, just kind of like a fun story and just to think about like the history and like what this guy went through and what the winery has been through. Don't you um, think about Sesame street when you think about the, the count? count one? Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> yeah. <for sure>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I had to, I had to say it. So the count obviously is no longer involved. Um, although his children were very involved. And in fact, some of the wines that they have, are named after all of his kids and family members. At any rate, Buena Vista today is part of, and I think, Sarah, we've talked about this before, but Jean-Charles Boisset? Yes. He's married to someone pretty big in the wine, in California wine. Yeah. Who's that? Is it Gina Gallo? Yeah, yeah, of EJ Gallo. Mm -hmm. Yep. Who owns, like, everything now. Them or uh, Constellation. Constellation, right. JCB. That's, that's a wine conglomerate. Exactly. Family. And, and JCB, John Charles Blissett, has like a huge portfolio himself, which includes Buena Vista. It includes JCB. Mm-hmm. And then also includes like Raymond Vineyards. I don't know. Okay. We, we were almost going to go there. Um, yeah. Raymond Vineyards is, has, I think, some pretty good wine. I've, yeah. Can't say that I've had any, but it at least has the reputation. Yep. And then actually, I believe that John Legend, the singer, uh-huh. his wines under the, the JCB portfolio. Oh, I wonder what those are about. I don't know if they're any good. Maybe okay. one day. Maybe one day. Okay. If we do another Celebrity Wines episode, we can yeah. revisit that. Um, but so, yeah, so that's the history that we've got with Buena Vista. Um, a little bit of extra love because there, there are ties to Wisconsin, at least uh, a little extra love, I think, for, from us. But um, yeah, really solid wines, and they've been around for what over 150 years. So they got to know what they're doing, right? 100%. So should we get into our topic? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, I think that this is such a fun thing to talk about because who doesn't love to get wine as a gift? <laughs> and giving wine is also very satisfying, I think. So we thought we would just talk a little bit about like some tips on gifts that you can do for wine. And, you know, sometimes I think that there's some things that are out there that are a little cheesy and then there's others that are, are great. So we do um, like the themed wines that are like mistletoe muscat or something like that. Yeah. Like sometimes there's just some stuff that's just like, mm, or like there's some really corny, like wine openers or like oh things like that too that are just like yeah I don't know for a true wine lover that might not be the best now 
you got to know your audience. So maybe that's, that's good for some people, but that anyway, it's true. So I think it's hard though, if you are going to choose wine to give like the actual wine, like how do you choose which wine and how much do you spend? So like, even if let's say you want to spend $50 on someone, do you buy one bottle? Do you buy two? Do you buy three? You know, like, I think that that is part of like the decision-making when you're trying to figure out what to give. So let's talk about like, how do you choose a good bottle of wine? And then we can talk about some of the other questions, like some of the ones that you just mentioned, like the cost thing, like, should we rely on cost to tell us how much to spend on a bottle of wine? That sounds really dumb. That's, that was a really dumb statement on my part. But what I mean is, do you need to pick a price range and then look for a bottle in that price range only? Or should that be like, should that actually be a limiting factor? So, yeah. So I honestly think the first thing you should think about is who are you giving to? hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. You know, so if you're giving to someone who really knows their stuff, you might feel intimidated even to give them wine. But I say, don't be intimidated because you might actually give them something that they don't know about. Um, or, you know, it might, it might end up being like a total hit that they love. Like, I, I just feel like sometimes people are like, oh, that person knows wine. Like, I don't want to give them wine because they might think what I give them is, you know, isn't good enough kind of Mm -hmm. thing. And I, and I don't agree with that. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I just like to give wine in general because I love the process of going through the research mm-hmm. and like, cause that's what I do. I think about like who I'm going to give this to and then think about, well, what would they like based on what I know about them? Or yeah. do they typically look to me for making suggestions for wine anyway, in which case I just choose something that I think they would like, but that is something that I would recommend them anyway. Like if we were out at a restaurant, like, and I'm picking the bottle, what would I pick? Knowing your audience is really important. So I think one of the most fundamental things that you can do if you're choosing wine is to start off like, do you know if they're a red wine drinker or a white wine drinker? Or Mm -hmm. do they not like sparkling? Or do they love bubbles? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, things like that. Um, I'm, I, I will say though, I don't think that I ever really gift rosé just because I think rosé is a hard thing to peg. Mm -hmm because there's such variability, but I typically start with the whole question, like, would they appreciate a red wine or a white wine? Yeah. That's a good place to start. Yeah. Um, and then also like, okay, so I have friends who love menage a trois wine. Mm -hmm. So guess what I got them for a birthday, a case of it. Cause you know what? It did not cost me that much money. (laughs) But you knew they would drink it. You but knew I knew they would drink it and they were so happy. Yeah. You know? So, uh, so like, that's an example. Like, it doesn't always have to be something different. Like, if you know they like something, get it. I mean, I, I, guess, I guess sometimes people are always looking for like, oh, well, let me get them something they don't know. It doesn't necessarily have no. to be that way. Right? No, I think that's, I think that's a good, a really good point. Like, if they love this wine, get them what they like. You know that it won't be poured down the drain. You know that they will drink it. And in fact, if you know that they like the wine, I mean, you know that it's not going to go to waste. You know that it's something that they, when they see it on their shelf, they'll be like, I'm going to open this tonight. And they'll think of you, right? Because they're like, yes, like 
Sarah knows what I like. Sarah knows I like menage a trois, like a hundred percent. But there are some other people who are a bit more adventurous who you might be buying for, in which case it's, I don't want to say it's a guessing game, but it's a little, I think it's a little bit more fun to try to um, give them something that maybe, maybe they actually like, like certain varietals. And I want to get them something similar to what I know that they like to drink. So if it was Menage a Trois, which is a Meritage, which is a blend, maybe then I would look for another California blend, or maybe I would look for something that is like a single varietal made that is made in the similar region or the same region mm-hmm. and then gift that to them because I think that they would like that as well. Like I think right. it would be another, another good sort of like branch out for them. I think trying to find similarities and trying to understand what people like, it just makes it a little bit more fun and a little bit more personalized too. Cause it also shows that you like put in thought like about it. extra thought. Yeah. Yeah. For so sure. Like, like if they like a cab sap, right? So maybe they would actually like a Cabernet Franc to try that. Or maybe even a Bordeaux blend, specifically maybe on like the left bank if you're going the French style because that's heavier with Cabernet Sauvignon. Or you could again go the Meritage route uh, if we're going New World and get a blend that is heavy on the Cab Sav. That might be a good way to kind of branch them out, but still give them something that is likely to appeal to their current wine taste. Mm-hmm. Actually, over Thanksgiving, um, I was talking to my brother who loves, and I think I've mentioned this before, loves Viognier, right? He loves like the aromatic white wine. And so I suggested for Thanksgiving, I was like, well, what about a Gewurztraminer? Because that is another like very aromatic white grape. It's not quite yeah. as heavy, but like it also is like extremely flavorful and I think would pair really well with Thanksgiving. And so, you know, that is something that it's a little bit off the beaten path. I know Viognier is too, but it's still like is within the realm of the things that he likes to drink. And so, you know, there are certainly some ways to try to spruce things up a little bit uh, for your wine loving friends. I like it. Yeah. You know, it's, it is nice to kind of introduce people to things as well. So I really like the idea, two things. One of giving like, if you go to some of your favorite wineries, they have like holiday specials and some of them have like wine holiday packs, which is really cool. Um, Like I know Meeker has been doing that. Um, Stringer, I think has a couple holiday specials. So you might get a good deal for two bottles. Yeah. Um, And that way, like you're introducing someone to maybe one of your favorite wineries. Ooh, I like Um, that. Yeah. So like, I really think that's cool. The other thing that's kind of cool is doing like a wine, a wine club for a certain amount of time. So like a wine of the month where they get, so like that is the gift that keeps on giving. Cause then they might be getting like, <laughs> you know, a wine bottle from you every month for three or six months, which like, or a year, if you're really generous, which, uh, only if you really like somebody. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, you know, then they think of you so many, it's like, it's nice. It's like, you know, February and shit sucks Shitty. and yeah. And there you go. You get a nice bottle of wine delivered to your door. Um, so I think that's cool. You can even do that with like local places, mm-hmm. like gift a local wine club to someone, um, for, you know, three or six months or something like that. I've received that and I've given it as gifts. Um, and I think that it's, it's really kind of a cool thing. I know Ruby Tap here is also doing like, they've got like a wine sparkler package 
Oh, where, yeah, where they're doing like, I don't remember how many bottles, 12 bottles of yeah, (sighs) mini sparkling wines. So like, that's pretty cool. Like for somebody who loves sparkling wine, my big sigh is not because I'm like, Oh my God, how could they do that? It's, Oh my God, I want that, but I can't have that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It sounds like, because the other thing is that those now, right those little splits are so perfect because they're like the right size for somebody to drink and to try. And if you, and then you're like, Oh shit, I love this. I need to have the bigger bottle. Exactly. Then you know what to do. Exactly. And then it's kind of a nice way to like, you know, try all different kinds. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So one other thing that I think is really could be really fun to do. And I think this goes um, a little bit along with Mm -hmm. something that you were saying before, but like creating your own little package or creating like your own, um, like a basket almost, but like, Uh let's say, let's say they love like barbecue. So you go and get like a local spice or barbecue rub and you pair it with a particular wine that is going to go well with barbecue food. Um, or they really love dessert or chocolates. And so you do like a wine and chocolate pairing and piece that together for them and gift that. That's Um, really cool. That's a, I think indulgence here locally is doing something like that as well. Oh, that does not surprise me. I need to check that out. But yeah, I mean, I think, cause it, again, adds a little element to, you know, the thoughtfulness and the, the amount of you know, the amount of care that you've put into putting this gift together. And also it's like, who the hell doesn't love getting like combo gifts? Because how, how many times, honestly, how many times are you like, oh shit, what should I drink with this? Like when you're ordering a meal or something and you're like, I don't really know what goes well with this. Like if you've already done the research for your friend or for your family member, like they love you even more. Yeah. They've, you've done that. That's true. Lifting. That's really cool. Yeah, I agree. So what about like other wine related gifts? Mm. You know, I will typically tend to go the route of like, although I think in recent history, I've tried to not overdo this as much and tried to like only reserve it for those who I know need wine glasses, but like to do like cute, fun wine glasses. So like the insulated ones or um, you know, ones that have like funny sayings. My friend actually just gave me a wine glass that says like, I've waited nine months for this. Yes, I will be using that. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, so I think those are really cute and clever. And I think, you know, it's just an, another funny way to gift wine. What about you? What else do you? These little gift packages that come with like a rabbit, like the rabbit, for example, has them mm-hmm. with like the wine opener, the decanter, like all that stuff. Those are, I think, pretty cool. I actually think Costco has some good ones. Oh, really? Um, Yeah, packages. And I've gotten a few before as well. Um, And those are really nice. Also, Corvina has gotten cheaper. Oh, Corvin. Corvin. Oh, did I say Corvin? I'm thinking Corvina, the wine. I know. (laughs) The wine bar down the street. Which is also a grape, by the way. That is, yeah. Thank you, Jamie, for reading my mind. Uh, the Corvin uh, has become cheaper, so that could be a potential gift um, if you really know somebody will use it. Um, the other thing is we we interviewed the guy who did this, but Pure Wine Wands they they have a holiday oh, yeah. um, they have a holiday collection 
So that could be a great gift for someone who experiences, you know, side effects from wine, like flushing and headaches and things like that. Yes. Um, but yeah, I like your idea too about uh, like the different glasses. I really like the to go outdoor ones. Mm-hmm. Like I've given my mom ones for her when she goes out on her boat. And I've also gotten her like the thing that you put the wine bottle in to keep it cold in the summer. What's that? Yeah, it's like an ins- it's like a insulator thing and you put the wine bottle in it and it keeps it cool so that um you know if you're out there, you know, with a nice cool bottle of white on the boat or outside cool. on the beach or something, it doesn't it doesn't get hot. Warm. Now, my alternative so that's like you take the whole bottle and you put it inside yeah. or something. Yeah. My alternative is to and I do like this gift. I bought one for myself, um, because I got sick of like trying to like smuggle in a full bottle, but is those corksicle, um, canteens. Okay. So the, are you talking about the corksicle you put in the bottle? Well, no, but that is a really good gift. So that corksicle is an aerator, um, and it's an ice wand, right? So you put it in the freezer and then you shove it in there. So my only issue with that thing is you have to spill some wine out. Yes. And I, I was just going to say. I really have issue with that because I'm like, I'm, I don't know how this, yeah. It's so like, we had yeah. one and I think I actually got rid of it. Oh, really? I, yeah. I have one too. I mean, it's, and the thing is, I don't know, it's not meant to be outside with you on like a 90 degree, 90 degree day. Right. right? It's meant to be like, you're sitting inside and this needs to stay cool. The alternative is to put around like one of those um, jackets or something, um, yeah. like little ice, ice pack things. Yeah. Um, and those always like, I don't like putting those on myself just because I think it messes with the label and I like to look at my label. Um, but yeah, that's the one thing about those corksicle aerator and cooler stuff. I know. Because you, you, it doesn't, it's like water displacement, like wine yeah. displacement. Like it's got to go exactly. Um, um, same thing though with the corksicle, the canteen. It does not officially fit a full bottle of wine. Oh, okay. See, see. Fair yeah. warning. So you're going to pour it in carefully, and then you're going to reserve a little bit at the bottom of that bottle, and then you're just going to drink it out of the bottle, and nobody yeah. needs to know. But I do love giving those. Um, I think that's actually going to be like my new like go-to gift, just because with so many people doing like picnics and things like that, and it's just easier to transport, and it's nice if you're going to like anything outdoors, mm-hmm. um, whether it's a picnic, whether you're going on a walk, whether you're going on a hike, whether you're going, I mean, drinking while hiking maybe isn't super safe, but you depends know, who you ask, depends who you ask, depends where you're going, depends if there are cliffs nearby, but, yeah. um, or like music festivals or things like that, like a whole lot of things that you can do. And instead of getting canned wine, you can just pour your favorite bottle it could be a really nice bottle too into this canteen and it'll keep it nice and cool or whatever the temperature. They even have the ones that are like bags. If you, mm-hmm. if you want to roll it up when you're done and not yep. carry around you got the me canteen. That. I did. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so like there's all those things. I think decanters are great gifts as well. Like the glass decanters. Um, and beautiful. Like people will yes. put those out. For like decoration too. I know mine is kind of stained at the bottom now. <gasps> um, oh, yeah. I need to send you an article then about how to clean it. 
I, I do need that. I think there's something that there's beads you can get to put in them. But there but are I, things that you can do that you don't have to buy the beads. I just yeah. read this. Okay, cool. Yeah. I need to, I need to hear about this. I'll find it. Uh, um, I like wine charms. Those are always fun and oh. you know, so useful. I know people think that you don't need them, but you do. Even when you're with family, <laughs> like whose wine glass is this? I don't know. You, you know, try to judge it by the lip color or something. Right. You know, and so like, I think they're really useful even like if you're not having a part, just if there's just like just a few people. Definitely. It is helpful. And there are some so. really festive ones too. I know. And like, they don't have to be like the charms that are like on the metal hook or something. They can be like little stickies or like I've seen, um, I've seen like mustaches or- yeah. Um, my mom actually received from someone one year, they feel like jelly, but they like tie around and they're Christmas themed and it's like blitzed or, um, you know, jingle juice or like funny little like Christmassy type sayings. Uh, yeah. Those are really cute and they store really nicely. <laughs> There's all sorts of like cool ones out there. Yeah. The other thing that's kind of fun to do, um, is you could get somebody like one of those, lazy Susans with like their name on it. The last thing that looks like a wine barrel. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. Those are really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or something personalized like that. I really wine, a wine fridge. If you know, someone needs it is a very generous gift as well. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it is. So yeah, I, I like all these things. I want all of these. Things. I want all no. of them. So can I, let me ask you this. How much do you let price factor in? Or like, do you set a price for when you're going to get a wine gift for someone? Does that, does that lead like what you're doing? Yeah. So I feel like there's a range, right? And it uh-huh. depends on the person. So if it's someone who I'm like, no, knows is really into wine. I might be spending a little bit more. If someone is like maybe like what, like what would you toss out? Uh like 40 to 50. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh maybe, you know, maybe 30 to 50. I was going to say, I mean, I think I generally if I'm getting wine for somebody else, I try to go like I think I'm going to stick to like the 20 to 30-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Range. Again, it depends on the but person. give or take. Right. Like yeah. if I know it's someone who's going to really appreciate it, then yeah, I might be willing to spend closer to 50. Mm-hmm. But like you said, if it's like, you know, like 30 to 40 is good too. Now, if it's someone who I feel like is loves menage a trois, then maybe I'll get like, you know, a $15 bottle of wine or something like that. And then maybe something else if I was yeah. going to spend more than that, you know? Um, if that makes any sense. It does. Cause so. I was thinking too, like, you know, I, I think about what I think is like a really good wine and what I also think is like a really good value. And like, for instance, I would love to gift like Kung Fu Girl Riesling to people. That I is like a Kung $12 bottle yeah. of wine, probably max. And so it's like, do I think, I mean, I would hope that somebody wouldn't like think ill of me for gifting them a $12 bottle of wine because I actually legitimately think that that's a really good wine. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that, you know, sometimes like going into the store and saying, I want to spend 20, $30. I think that can be very arbitrary because there are certainly good values. And I feel like we've talked about it on a number of wines and podcasts that we've 
we've done in the past, especially like some of these, these European wines, like sometimes you can get like really great deals on French wines or Italian wines that, you know, just because it's not like the DOCG or something, right. Ron crew or premier crew, like does not mean that it's not a good wine and you can find great values, solid wines for less than what you're going to get for, you know, your typical Napa cab, which I think is anywhere from like 50 to like 80 even, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Well, this is a good value for 40. Yeah. If you're looking for a Napa cab, I think if we want to go back to the wine. Oh yes. Um, tell cause I agree more. with what tell you're saying. More. Yeah, no, I am enjoying this. I think it's a probably a really good value for a Napa cab. Um, Did we say the ABV, by the way? Oh yeah, it's fifteen percent. Okay, so it's a it's, it's yeah a kicker, but typical I think for what you would expect from Napa. Yeah. Um, but you know it's it is it is good on its own, but it is making me want a little bit of food with it. Mm-hmm. Um, just because like it's kind of eliciting like a little bit of a mouth-watering response. Oh. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be like the acidity too though, right? Yeah, which is that interesting because there is tannin and you would expect that to do the opposite. The opposite. So you got, but, you said it before, like the wine is like very balanced and it's like yeah. has complexity. So it's got some acidity to play off of the tannin, to play off of the, the fruitiness of the wine. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact that your mouth is still watering while you're drinking it is crazy. Like, it's yeah, Ooh, man. I think it would go well with some really good hard cheese, mm-hmm. um, and some chocolate. Honestly, I I was getting like chocolate notes off the bat. Mm-hmm. I would say there's more fruit on the on the palate, but I think it would go great with some dark chocolate, mm. which is pretty typical for Cab. That sounds good. um. Mm-hmm. Actually, my boss sent me a box of chocolate truffles for the holidays. Oh. It's in the fridge. I haven't opened it yet. That sounds so this so might nice. be the perfect time. And that's Ooh. another great gift you could do is a box of chocolate truffles and a bottle of cab or, you know, whatever other red wine or whatever. So, yes. Yeah. Or those like sherry berries, like those chocolate covered <gasps> strawberries with yeah. a bottle of wine. I mean, seriously, best gift ever. <laughs> best gift ever. It doesn't get old. It's not like you're like, oh, do you have this? I'm sorry. It's like, it's, it's okay. I do have wine and I appreciate that you're giving me more. Well, exactly. Exa- I would never, I'm like, you know, turn that down. I always, yeah. But like, that's the nice thing about giving wine. It's not like, oh, I hope you don't have this or are you going to use it? Most of the time, you know, the person's going to drink it. I mean, if they literally don't drink wine at all, like don't get them wine. Well, yeah. (laughs) But I mean, for anyone who that, like the thought pops into your head, like it's a safe bet, like get them wine, Mm -hmm, go mm -hmm. for it. And I, I mean, I think the other thing too, you know, I said it before, I think that you and I like the aspect of like picking out a wine for someone, like almost like curating that experience for them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. However, 
I'm sure that there are others who don't really love doing that. So if you have an opportunity to like call in or go into a store and like have a conversation with someone who works there, who's like really knowledgeable, mm-hmm. like they can steer you in a great direction and you can give them, if you have specific parameters, you're just like, Hey, I am maxed out at $25. I cannot pay more than $25 for a bottle of wine. This is what I'm looking for. This is what they like to eat. This is what they typically drink when I'm at their house or something like, do you have a recommendation? They should be able to steer you in a similar direction. I totally agree. That's the whole thing, especially when you go, not necessarily like the grocery store, but like a wine shop, that's what they do. They have that expertise. They have that within their staff. So I think, and I think they really love helping people because after all, that's why they're there. So, yeah, but I do think there are a number, if you, if you go the wine bottle route, if you go like the wine accessory route, lots of different options for the vino lovers in your life. Um, And then it's, you know, it's just really exciting and you can thoughtfully like package everything together. And And I was going to say, yeah, what you just discussed about having, like asking the person, I actually have found new wines that way. Like by asking somebody and gifting them and then hearing that the wine was really good has introduced me to a couple new wines that I didn't even know about. See? So just kind of, yeah. It's a win-win situation. It is. It is. So, um, and then when you're talking about gift packaging, okay. For the holidays, have you seen the Christmas sweater for the wine bottle? Yes. Because I think that is so cute. It's so cute. (laughs) I agree. It's so cute. I and feel like clever. you brought one to wine night one night. Like, Did I? I have I, a couple like a here. Year or two ago, I'm pretty sure I have a picture of all of us. Uh, no, yeah. It's yeah. just so cute and clever and like different than your wine, you know, your typical wine bag. So yeah. Yeah. You can get creative. For sure. For sure. So anyway, well, this is, I have been like salivating watching you drink this wine. I mean, I'm salivating while drinking it. Imagine so. you have tannins to take away some of that exactly. saliva. I have got nothing. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's there. What does Rachel Green say? Uh, or, or Chandler? It's a geyser in my mouth or something. Was that from a front? Was that from the cheesecake episode? Yeah, but I think it was Rachel who said that. Yeah. Or yeah. something. Yeah. Oh, that's how I feel about wine right now. But yeah, at any rate, I will make it through the last couple of months sans wine. Um, but I'm so glad that you popped this bottle uh, and have an occasion to do so. And I hope our listeners, our DB peeps, feel a little bit more informed, a little bit more guided about how to pick out wine for somebody. Um, or, or maybe how- we just gave you some ideas that you didn't think about. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hoping everybody has continues to have a safe and happy holiday season. We will continue to bring you more episodes before the end of the year, too. 2020 Ooh. is closing out very soon. Thank God Woo-hoo. for that. All Woo-hoo. right, guys. <laughs> cheers to wine and cheers to the holiday. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the DBP word. Check out our website and blog at dbpcheers.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at dbpcheers or on the Drunk Bitches Podcast Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. So send your questions, comments, and fun wine or topic ideas to dbpcheers at gmail.com. Until next time. 
Cheers from the girls of DBP.